Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger. And on this episode, we are going to be checking out and talking about Angular routing and navigation. Should be pretty cool. As always, we're excited. So let's say hi to our panelists, then we'll meet our guests, and then we'll get into the topic. Joining us, Mike Brocky. Mike, what's going on? Ah, not too much. Two episodes in one day. It's a great day. We do. We do. This is the second episode. Now, people coming in and watching it later, they may not know, right? But if you are watching it now, go watch that episode earlier as well, too. But after this episode, right? But if you're watching it, if you're watching it later, go back onto YouTube and watch another video before watching this one. But another Angular Air video, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You have to, it has to be your second episode of the day. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, and our guest today is Chris Samuel. Chris, how's it going? Good, how are you? Doing great, doing great. Excited to have you on. Do you uh, yeah, want to tell our viewers a little bit about yourself? Um, okay, so hi, my name is Chris Samuel. I've uh, been a software developer for past maybe uh, like eight years now, working specifically right now with front-end development and just uh, currently um, just looking to, you know, spend more time talking more about, uh, you know, web development in the social media, uh, I guess, environment. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Nice. Uh, well, great. We got, a, we got a place for you to talk about that stuff. So yeah. Excited <laughs> to have you on. Yeah. All right, so our, our topic today, what are we gonna talk about? We're gonna talk about routing? Yeah, so uh, overall the whole framework of Angular, I just wanted to pick out something that would be kind of not too big to choose, kind of big, so routing and navigation. So roughly, you know, how you would route your, and create your routes on your Angular application, getting started, and maybe a little bit more of a uh, advanced, not too advanced, unlikely loading. And I have a little demo of using the GitHub API to route your um, your uh, your application for looking at different repos and different followers using Angular Seven. Sorry. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's pretty. I, I love the routing aspect of it, right? The fact that it's kind of baked into the framework, and then you know, from a single page application standpoint, you know, we have to deal with that whole how do we have this concept of URLs changing right in our application yeah. and, and dealing with that and reacting to that. Um, and, and Angular has a, a really nice set of routing um, framework and module to do that. So it's really cool. It'd be nice to check out. Awesome. Yeah. Do you, uh, so you have some slides? You want to start with some slides or how do you want sure. to start? Oh yeah. So I, I have a, so I can basically, you know, start sharing my screen and uh, talk about that. Uh, cool. So I can go ahead and Share. All right. All right. Can you see my screen? Yep. And now I'm going to move in that Okay. Let me see if I can run this. How's that look? Everybody can see the first slide? Yep. Absolutely. All right. So, okay. So, basically, uh, this talk I basically originally uh, did at a 
meetup in uh, New York City, Angle in New York, uh, NYC. And uh, basically, I just wanted to just go and talk about, you know, uh, Angular uh, routing from my perspective. And here, as you can see, my social media uh, information. And uh, what I wanted to kind of go over is, you know, basically configuring your routes uh, using router outlet, you know, child routes and the little children, uh, basically having multiple routing modules and, and the idea of router links. So uh, hopefully after this talk, you should be able to have a better understanding of using uh, Angular Rally. And I have a demo app. It's basically the GitHub Explorer app. So GitHub has a public API that allows you to um, hook into and use it in your application. I'm using it to kind of, kind of mimic the uh, GitHub uh, I guess like the explore part of the application and to kind of show you can basically go in and see the top repos and be able to route to different people's route on repositories and their uh, see other followers and other repos and be able to do that you would you can utilize the routing um you can utilize the angular routes pretty easily so a little bit how it works is that you know we're going to um, load in the latest repository, which is going to be the top repo view. Then we're going to have the repo view allow the user to view the, you know, the readme and the latest events. So you'll be able to see the re repo uh, information. Next is you'll be able to click and use the uh, user profile. So you'll be able to at least click on a user's um, like picture, for instance, and be able to reroute it to the user's um, profile page. And then finally, you'll be able to also utilize the uh, the users' followers to, or their following to, to actually route to other people's um, repositories and profiles and so forth. That's a really cool, um, uh, I guess, feature that the, app, the application is able to use thanks to the GitHub API. So uh, routing modules, you know, you're not basically using that you know, the root app routing module. So that the root of the application will have its own module. And uh, the user routing module will also have uh, some routes for it as well. And then for the repo, there's also going to be a repo um, routing module. And um, focusing on that, that's basically going to be great when it comes down to Like structuring your page. So, for instance, uh, in your out in your in your application, you can actually set up the um, the routing. Uh, you can configure your application's routes before you actually start designing and implementing the page. Which is what I really like about the application. So, if you wanted to kind of talk about which where the pages were going to go and how they're going to be structured, you can quickly do that before any further feature implementation is done. Um, take a look here, you can see that, you know, we have the basics of the Angular routing configuration, which is, you know, importing your router module, defining your routes, um, the idea of the router outlet, uh, router links, you have, and also load children components, which has a lot to do about lazy loading when you want to basically load your, uh, your, uh, your components or your modules on demand. And then you have the, you know, 
with Miss uh, Bates Href, which is required in order for Angular to know where um, your your page is going to be defined before the uh, and any of the other routing numbers can be um, instantiated. Uh, so like right now, I'm going back to this picture here. This is a really cool uh, library. It's called CompoDoc. I use it uh, exclusively to just quickly map out my page, thanks to the fact that we're using TypeScript and everything can pretty much be tracked because we are we are basically strongly typing out our code. So we can use this page to kind of generate the, the way the routing is, is basically handled. And this happens really just by installing CompoDoc. And you can see where you know the root of the application um, basically is the entry point, and then it leads into the root routing module, and it shows you where the the pages will um, the route will take you. And you can um, you can actually can download this from the npm module npm uh, uh, npm web page. Lost the words with that, but npm.org. You can actually can look for the modules and see it more information about it, or just go to Compodoc and find out more about this document generating library. Yeah, we're big fans of Compodoc. We've had them on a little over a year ago, maybe two years ago. We need to get them back on, but uh, yeah, it's an awesome tool for yeah, really mental map really, of your really, app, right? Definitely, yeah. and um, so looking at this. Uh, you know, we're just taking a look at the first routing module. I think at this point, I can probably just go into the code and talk about it because I, I had this just in case I didn't have time for the meetup. So maybe I can show my, um, I can just go to the code right now, right? Is that, is that okay? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. All right, so. Content, you show it however you want to show it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right, right. All right, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to look at so let's go to and uh, let me know if you don't see everything. Okay, great. So, well, actually, let's start off with the okay, yeah. So, looking at the the, the actual applications first uh, root routing module, you'll basically have to utilize the, um, you have to basically essentially where, where your route's gonna go at first. So the initial routing is configured here. In your first route, you instantiate the, uh, the router module with four root. And then you can add your configuration here with the routes. And this is actually defined at the top of your root routing module. Now, you don't have to necessarily use um, a separate root routing module um, file for your uh, application. But as it's just a best practice for me to start um, breaking these pieces out because they can tend to make it larger over time depending on how far, how much, how big your app is gonna be. And it's it's also easier to see, you know, this, uh, this using the style guide of Angular, you wanna keep your files, you know, less than, you know, no more than 400 lines. So you don't wanna have them too big. So your app routing, that module will probably get pretty large over time, so you would want to break that out um, early on. Now, um, let me see. I can go ahead. I can talk a little bit more about the basically when you use the routes. Uh, if you basically set up your the routes from the Angular router, 
you will see that you can add in these particular, um, as basically say, these are the initial path of the page. So for instance, when I load my page, you'll see that I run into the top repos component, which is gonna be the first view that the person's gonna be seeing. And then you have the second ones are basically loaded in low, using those children. As you can see that these are, these are lazy loaded components. So on demand, I will need the user repo or the, um, the user's profile module. And um, it takes the path of the user. So that when it has the path property, the path, um, the property type called path, you can actually change the, you can change the actual, um, the, 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 the routes uh, by actually loading in um, user module based on user. So when I, let, let, for instance, let me go ahead and actually run it. So I can probably share the information that I want. So if you hide that real quick. Sure. Um, and just go back and talk about those uh, few routes that you have defined right there. So you have two different types of routes to find there. You mentioned that one's an on-demand um, standard route and the other one's a lazy loaded route. Mm -hmm. And just want to point out that the differences between the two is that the first route on line nine there um, pointing at the component um, that it's going to be rendered within there. Whereas with the two lazy routes, it's actually pointing at a module, which is a separately loaded module and not necessarily an individual component. Correct. Just yeah. to uh, keep in mind that as you're using a lazy route, you actually are pointing at an ng module, not at a component. Correct. Yeah. So um, how Mike explained it was basically that we using um, the, I'm, la I'm lazy loading the user module and the repo module route, and you, you basically are defining that using the load children property, and the load children property allows you to lazy load this module on demand, and um, this is uh, one way. You, the reason why you would use this is because of the fact that you have the um, the ability to um, to have a, a better performance boost when it comes down to loading your entire application. And um, so one the way that you actually get it done is by actually using this particular string orientation where you kind of define where the module is. And then right before you actually uh, you actually finish the, the, this, the actual path, you add a little um, hash with the name of the repo. That is in. So repo module, for instance, and user module respectively. Let me go ahead and see if the page is running. Let me see. And so like you mentioned earlier, uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. but, um, you mentioned that this was an Angular 7 app. So with Angular 8, there's been a change to that import, the load children, and you can dynamic, dynamic, dynamically load the with an import statement. So it's a little bit different um, just for our viewers for 7 versus 8. But this is an Angular 7 app. Oh, OK. I think I don't know why. All right. Let me just figure out. 
just remove this for now. Yeah, I think I uh, the wrong. I have to figure out this little branch issue here. I can get this. It's probably can. So while that's loading right now, let's see. If it really Yeah, so moving on with the actual, um, the rest of the page, I could probably go and look at the routing module. Let me just make sure this is not, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, let me see if I can actually move this out of here. Well, you know what? I actually have this running in. Um, one second. What's this There's a reason the, the marked library there. I can talk a little about that real quick while you're working on that. Sure. Uh, the marked library is pretty cool uh, for helping out with Markdown and, and transforming Markdown. And so the Markdown syntax into HTML and that sort of thing. So um, it's good oh. when you have content that's coming from say an api or or a content management system or something and you wanted to render that you know but you're, you're pulling that data back and it's markup data uh markdown data uh that marked library is pretty cool for doing that i've used that a lot yeah it's uh it's actually pretty good oh there we go yeah okay so can everybody see the app a little bit yep okay great so as you can see please open up the um I'm sorry about the. Kind of really fix that. All right, so. Network. And. All right, so right now we're in the top popular top pop up of repository, and if you look at our. Whoops. Um. So throw this down. You can see that we are using, we are basically loading the top repos component. And the top repos component basically shows the first, um, the top repos or popular repos. And I'm not actually doing this. Um, this is not actually being done by, uh, there's no actual top popular repository. Basically, we're just sharing the um, all of the top repositories based on month or week, and then we just sort them by the most starred. And then, hence, that's why it's considered the starred popular um, repository. And you can see that here we have each of these is all coming from the actual um, the actual API. And we can actually can click on, for instance, we click on the first one here, and you can see that you know. We're, we're taken to another route at the top here. You can see that we, we it basically routes for repo, and then it has phantom sites and baby names analysis, which is the name of the um, the actual user's name, and then it's the repo name. And all of this other data is coming in from the from the actual API. This is actually because I um, was supposed to use the mark. Um, library to actually pipe that in because I think all this is coming down as mark markdown 
and that was the, that for some reason that's not working right now. But um, so I can leave it. Yeah, you clicked on that link, and that's when you you loaded the repo route, and it lazy loaded that route, right? So we're on the home page, and you clicked on that link. Then that repo came in on demand, right? Correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, be, and that's another thing it's, as well that because I clicked on this link here, that link is the it's a repo link, and because I clicked on it, then it, it loads it in on demand, allowing us to to save time, you know, from having the uh, instead of having to download every single asset that's in the project. So, can you show can you show that in the um, network tab over there? Maybe like yeah, the reset clear that out and reload or whatever. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. All right, so we'll go ahead and we'll go back here. All right, and we'll click on this. And you can see that repositories is created. In... I guess it's on the, yeah. Um... Right here. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I'm hitting all of them right now. Let me open this a little bit more. So I think if you went to the home page, right? Let's start from the beginning. Yeah, refresh that out. Clear, yeah, clear that out. And then like XHR, is it XHR or JS we want? What, what do you think? Mike? Well, we could just look at it. We could just probably look at the JS. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you're going to want to refresh your app because the um, it's already been cached in your browser or the JavaScript has already been downloaded. So go back to the home page and refresh. Yeah, now, now refresh. And then clear this. No, no, refresh the page in the browser. I'll refresh the entire page. Yeah, and then you can clear what's on the right. And then navigate to a repo. Ah, there we go. Yeah, cool. Thanks to Mike. <laughs> wow. Well, the, the, so the, there's an interesting uh, dynamic there with the whole idea of routing within Angular or any other uh, front-end framework is that essentially what the front-end framework is doing is intercepting all the navigation things that mm -hmm. happen and handles it in JavaScript for you. It's not actually making new requests uh, to the server, um, at least when you once you've already loaded up the application. However, if you have configured your app, your routes within the front end side of your application. You have to configure your application to always serve the root and um, excuse me. Yeah, it's always redirect to the root for your web server to always serve the index.html. This way the application will load and allow the front end framework to be able to handle the navigation internally. Um, just a little side note. I know a lot of people have run into that of not oh, yeah. configuring their server to be able to um return what the front end framework actually needs uh versus trying to serve something that doesn't quite or quite frankly doesn't exist you have no code on your server that lives under repo it's all handled in the browser um one other thing that i uh i'd like you to dive into there is that if you look at the route you have slash repo which is something that you've coded but then the next two parts of that route, the byte dance and the uh, byte. Is this easier? 
uh, in in your URL bar. Okay. Um, you don't code all of those routes. Those are like parameters or something like that. Right. Variables. Um, so how do you want to show how you configure those types of things so sure. that you can handle different or multiple routes with the same code? Yeah. So basically, with the create an API service that will basically handle the um, the fetching of the of the data. Now, most of the stuff is basically being handled by um, the API from here. There's a configure use group here, um, and then for here, Rick, I, I can show you that. For instance, what was that again? This was repo. So we can just say we can just look at all the repos, and for instance, this is one for getting popular repos for the for the first page, and the user will basically be able to use um, their. Let me see which one was that. Repo name, get repo. Maybe that was get repo. You know what? I actually have the I actually comment console log with most of the information. That's why. Yeah, I can show that. Yeah, so for instance, like, so this site right here was his repo and the user's name in the, the log. You can see right here, this is basically on line 70. Ooh. Okay, which I was. And basically, it's just as basically fetching it with HTTP, you know, get repo, and just basically passing a reservable for the um, of repo. Now, this is a any, any how anything else we want to go through with you? Yeah, can you show where you define the repo route? Because uh, you have that uh, function there on sixty nine, the get repo that takes in the owner and the repo name. Can mm -hmm. you show where and how you're getting those two variables from the route? So you want to know the own. So for instance, like here, I have been taking in. This is a the get repo method. Which I pass in to get owner and to get name, and you want to know how I add it to the route. Yeah, so oh. I think you had, I thought you uh, had a repo routing module. Yeah, one second. Um, wow, the naming repo. repo module. I just had it. <laughs> repo module. Third one. That's repo mounting module. And yeah, one particular is here. I think it was in that repo routing module, right? Yeah, the re I th yeah, I think it was a repo module where you were. Oh yeah, yeah right there on line ten or something. Right. Yeah. So this is yeah. So here's the owners and this is the name for the basically these are just identifiers IDs like they basically will hold those variables in it. So the owner would basically be the name of the user, and then the name of the the repo is basically second to pass over. And then, then you'll see 
that the children property will load don't they don't load those in on um, they don't get loaded in immediately is there um no, I, I i want to talk about that for a second because that to me that's more than a just the owner and the name those are very important concepts in terms of routing in the client or in the browser is the idea of having variables there that you can dynamically parse out so when you specify a colon and then a say or a name, that's a variable name that you can get from the router to set to whenever you route to a specific route. Right. Um, that you can get that owner as a variable and the name as a variable um, during the routing events to be able to then query an API to get things or do different things within your code with that information. It's right. A very powerful mechanism. Right. So. That's why I was basically using it here. So you have to get repo. You can actually go ahead and utilize the um, the name of the of the of, of the route. Let me see if that we bring it up. Um, user events, user events, repo, repo. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, so. You using the you know uh, the observable um, process. I actually go ahead and use the uh, the name of the repo and the owner, and then inside the actual um, repo itself, you can see that I just basically hook into the the route of the activated route, and then pipe in what I need, and then I can actually grab that repo. And then I, I render this onto the page. So then in there, uh, yeah, right there, and your activated route. So you're using the the observable, the params observable, that's mm. part of the activated route that comes from the Angular framework, um, Angular platform, the routing module. And then yeah, every time those values change, so if a route changes with a new owner and a new name, then this is picking that up and run, running the new query to get repo, right? Right. So basically, any particular parameter that sits on the on the uh, the active operator route will basically switch them at that point, and then allow allow you to navigate to that route from my uh, from the application. Now, there's a lot more other. Um, pieces that actually can be put together for this, um, like such as like error handling and um, maybe being able to add in some authentication so that you can see the private repos. Because right now from the get from the GitHub API, it was only you only get you only get obviously the public information, but it was other pieces there that was basically um, able to be used. But this but but this application was just being able to show you how you can utilize the the activated route and the um, and the, the routing um, navigation to quickly understand what's going on um, with Angular and your application. Uh, this particular process I used all over. So basically, for getting a repo, searching for the repo would would, would be another uh, piece for that. Um, also, getting the user events, that's the other part I should actually show as well right now. Moving on to the routing module. 
Yeah, I think I was gonna, I can probably even show that through here. All right. All right, so the next thing I wanted to show was the other parts of the Lowell Children, which was the events. So this piece here, events, receive events, repositories, followers, following, all of this is basically handled in the user uh, events and uh, user received events. So all, these are all events, loaded like in. GitHub's events, something specific to GitHub, is that what they are? Um, yeah, they're, these events are the events that are um, unique to um, GitHub. So if you want to grab the user events, you would have to kind of build a URL with the with the proper API um, configuration to grab, uh, for instance, that 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 particular user's um, um, connectivity within that repo, that repo. For instance, so all this stuff is all public information. It, it actually has the user's name and the type of event, like starred the that particular repo, and then it has time and date. Um, let me see. And now this is also another part of the of the sequence that you can actually can use the tabbing to actually go ahead as soon as you basically click on tab, it will basically load in that next uh, that next component or view. And this view here, for instance, like here, this is all of the uh, this user's um, particular follow, um, followers. It also shares like the number of the, the followers, and then you can even click on that particular user, and it will pass that user's ID in, and then send you to um, that user's uh, profile information. And so, are those tabs? Then are you using routing on those as well to, to reroute parameters in order yep. to uh, know which following to get, which that's right. Yeah, I can go to. I mean, go and move into that. Um, so let me see using um I think, I, think I think the other thing would be to can you show like the how those links get built up within your app like how does the link to look at a particular repo okay how is that done in the application okay so let me start with user so the so this current page right here is basically um managed through this particular user component HTML. And you can see that um, on the user component HTML that we can be grabbing in the user uh, uh, URL property, um, the login, the name, a little bit of information in the description, um, any other information that's basically associated with the user publicly. And then there's a little bit of a an issue where we go into, uh, let me see if I can go to the other part of the user. It's the event, right? The event card. Yeah. So, so for instance, when we click on the, the events um, tab, the events tab will basically show you all of this information. It's just basically where I take the event card view and we will basically use an input to kind of share that the event data 
with another component like the repo, for instance, uh, like the events for the repo. Um, let me see if I can bring up the. Is it? Uh, is it? Is there, yeah, events and it was user, right? And let me see. I think that uh, well, what else? What was the extra second thing you wanted me to to show, Justin? Uh, so, like in the um, in the main component, the first component that you load that has a list of all the repos, right? And then you have a link to drill into any one of those repos. Uh, how are you building the link out for those so that it goes through the routing, right? Is it like using the router link, that sort of thing? Oh, I get it. Okay. okay. So the the cool thing that that you can do with the actual um, yeah. So is that you can utilize the router link, which is a directive that allows you to kind of take take advantage of Directing your route to different, uh, yeah, different parts of your application from the view. And if I wanted to go ahead and do something like I, uh, I go to the user profile, I see that the user is, um, I guess, inter you know, receiving events from this particular person. Well. And that person at that link takes takes you to that that user's um, profile on the repository description. That happens when we go to if we go to repo, we will go to repo components. Yeah. So for instance, here. So um, simply, you will basically get the repo's information. If the repo is actually, you know, exists, we will basically use the router link to basically route the user and the user's single. Um, uh, this is basically the information for the user's login. So single repo login. Login is, I believe, it's a term that was used to define a user's login um, name. And um, and you can use and so basically you would basically you would take the user and you would actually would um, route that person with both with that with that property. That's why over here, you would, when you click on the user's name, you would bring you to user and then Andre Wimmer, which is basically the user like login. So then that router link directive right there is, is taking in this array, and so that first. Uh, piece of the array is the URL for the route, the yeah, path, right? right? And then the next subsequent positions in the array are these route params that would fill into your, like for, for like on line eight, right? Right. And the names, so then that would be like the, the owner name and then the repository name. And those would get concatenated into your route mm -hmm. router to then allow your app to route through your routing, right? Correct. So. Yeah, so the key is, is that if you're starting out with um, with Angular and you want to be able to quickly understand how these things work, it's great to kind of check out 
like the router, like the individual um, pieces of the application. So when I when, you, when I go ahead and I can use router link, and you can see that you added to an array um, of strings, but that basically takes in like the route parameter and the the user, the URL fragment of user. You can quickly see that you can do a lot of things with that. That's one thing I like about it. So like that way you can actually you could take that and you can you can route the person to the user. You can use that same URL fragment route the person to the repo. You can even do things like uh, you know if certain repos have specific names or are proper, you can actually can redirect them to a custom view if you wanted to. But um, that alone just gives you a lot of power for with, with using in the uh, Angular routing navigation, and and you can probably dig deeper and probably get a better understanding, which is what I would like to do is spend more time to getting into the, the nitty gritty of, of how the, the routing actually you know uh, works. So um, let me see now. Uh, so I think that moving. Moving forward, uh, I would probably can probably talk a little bit more about the, let me see, the, maybe I could talk more about, let's see something. Yeah. Could you maybe share? Yeah, some of like these the yeah. child routes. Yeah, like this route. Right. Like, let's take a look at so that. So here it is. So here it is. We have the um, child. These are the, basically the um, the child routes for the user routing module. So on this page, this user routing module uh, will basically manage the um, the tabs here. Let me see if I can open it. Let me just open now. Well, leave it open for now. So yeah, so this particular page here has managed these routes. So for instance, um, the path has this particular parameter called the login, which is basically for the, uh, so for whatever path this is basically in, so once we're in the events path here, you will see that they would open up. Let's see for instance here, the user events component is basically the first view shown. So when this particular page is rendered, all of the user components is initialized. And then you can actually, can when, as, as we go ahead and we want to go to these other routes, we're not typing them in the view. We're not typing the URL. We're actually clicking on the actual button. So clicking on this button basically sends the user to the user received events components view. And it's, it's not being reloaded. And all of those are children routes of this, so they're available as soon as this module came into play, rather than load children where they're dynamically loaded, right? Lazy loading. Correct. So and these are all once you get the once you get the user routes, they come with all of these and all of these components at that point delivered to the to the client. Right. Yeah. Just like how Justin basically said, thank you. That you can basically see that these routes are already available. They're just hidden from the view, but not by the route, but by the actual. The tab, the tab component that I have initiated here. So, um, uh, one thing I wanted to kind of go over was how do you actually can get this activated without um, 
without actually having to use the routing. Uh, actually, have to like type it into the URL. I can bring it up real quick. I think this would be. And yeah, so yeah, and this is where the routing comes in to play. So um, we're using the router link active, which is basically a um, another directive that allows you to send, but basically going to use that to essentially that the first tab or whatever tab that you're basically, you know, using that for will basically take the presence of active. So that's why this particular button is, is, is the, um, is loaded. If I refresh the page real quick. Yeah, it's a way that they provide you, the, the router framework provides you that ability to identify which one is the active route, right? Which route the user which, is on. Yeah, which, yeah, which tab is the active, you know, route or active link. And then you can style it or whatever you need to And do. then you can, yeah, and you can style it whatever you need it to be. And um, what I'm doing here is that once you go ahead and you add the, the, the name or the, the, string, the string, the proper string that's that we're using for the router link, um, we can basically um, send the user whatever information in that view. So for instance, this router link here has the received events in the, uh, the user routing module. You can see that received events will basically send the user's um, received events component. And then uh, we're using the, um, let me step back out, we use the router outlet which is, let me bring it out. Um, I think it's really yeah, so, yeah, no, this is the other one. So we're gonna use a router outlet, which is a, um, another uh, Angular uh, directive that allows you to basically tell Angular where you want your particular view to be to be rendered at. So for instance, this one here says user.following, user.followers, public repos, repository, received events. Yeah, this um, this seems look like looks a lot like it. So for the user, so let me close this real quick. So this router outlet right here is connected to the user routing module, routing module that will basically define all of the components. I mean, all of the um, the routes configuration for that particular view in that particular spot. That's why here we can change these different views on demand, well, not really on demand. So well, we can change the views by clicking on the actual tab and the router link takes care of the rest. That makes sense. That's bad space. Yeah, all, all those user child routes, those components that they route to are getting rendered in that router outlet that's in that user component, which is that middle space right there, eventually, we'll see. Yeah. Right. Yep. The middle space is middle space where? Just, to, just that middle spot, the, the content that's changing, right? Right. Is the result of that, the child routes that you're routing to for the user routes, right? Mm -hmm. You click the tabs. And that router outlet allows you to target that spot, like you said. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very so, cool. yeah. So, um, 
Now, some of the things that I wanted to continue with this, I can, you know, with, with, was was wanted to continue with using routing guards, which was another part of the Angular um, routing uh, package that allows you to kind of really defend your application from um, un un unauthorized access of certain pages. So, for instance, if you're logged in, if you're if you're logged in, you can be able to see some of your private repos. But if you're not logged in, then you, you won't be able to see those, those, those repos. And being able to use the, uh, like the can activate, is that, maybe I can, can I, I could just gonna go into the other one then. While we're here then, I could just talk more about the next one. Yeah, we got a few more minutes. We're getting close to time, so. Oh, we are? Oh. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it is a, definitely the routing is a large subject, right? There's yeah. a ton under the hood that you can do with it. Yeah, we could. Yeah, so you know, honestly, I will just probably just um, I'll just leave it for this one. So basically, the I wanted to go through where was problems I ran into. So problems I overcome with the project. So. A lot of the, a lot of the things I had to do was um, originally the the project was um, available like a GitHub allows you to like utilize their service to um, I think I, I I can probably pull my screen now. Cool. Yeah. 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 Let's see if we can go back here. <laughs> Am I sharing my screen now? Here we go. Okay. Whew. Yeah. So the, a lot of things I wanted is that there's a lot going on in the page. There's a lot of things going on on your application. And being able to create small applications fast and not really worrying about them actually falling apart is the most important thing to do. Uh, overcoming, like making mistakes, overcoming not being able to. Um, to have all your thoughts, you know, the way you want them actually allows me to remember a lot of things as I go along. And uh, I wanted to be able to extend this project with more um, use cases to understanding more of underneath the hood. So um, I think that if, I would, if I'm able to continue to follow this process, I would learn better rather than just trying to build like some huge monolithic uh, application, you know, from scratch all the time. So. Yeah, it's definitely like start with that MVP, right? That minimal viable product and, and then work your way up from there and try and add pieces. Right, slowly put these pieces together and Angular really allows you to put pieces together ever and, and using GitHub also allows you to save them in certain states so you can always go back and review them and being able to put things like that together allows you to maintain things because like right now I, I did this project in like two three months ago <laughs> and then i think like i haven't touched it like for at least a month and a half so like i'm looking i'm like oh my god what did i do here like, <laughs> and that alone i help i think that also reinforced what i originally learned and um it actually intrigued me to even move forward forward so yeah, I'm looking forward to doing, um, you know, maybe more about this, you know, as I, as I continue to learn, I continue to share it. Very cool. Yeah, Very you mentioned cool. the idea of just pieces in general. And 
one thing I really like about the router is that you can think about the individual piece, whether or not that piece is a user or that piece is an, a, a user's event. And you can focus on those specific components and less about how the two are going to communicate with each other and let the router just handle that and say, all right, I've got my concept here. Let the router decide what other content is going to be displayed. And then that specific component gets loaded by the router, unloaded by the router and handled. And all you have to worry about is presenting that specific piece. And the router is essentially the glue that stitches it all together. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, because I, I feel like that modulistic matter pieces allows you to think about things in a much more simplified way. And um, whenever you come back to it, it's, I think it's, for me, I, I find it easier to, to pick up where I left off. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, uh, we're getting to the end. So let's, uh, why don't we do some picks if we got some picks and then we'll wrap it up. Mike, do you have a pick? Um, yeah, I finished recently watching a show on Netflix and I really enjoyed it. It's a little bit different. Uh, I watched the Umbrella Academy. Um, some definitely things that came up that I wasn't expecting, but overall I really enjoyed it and I'm excited to know that there's going to be a season two of that as well. As you get into these shows on Netflix, it's like, oh yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that. Is there going to be more? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah. I know that some of them do get renewed and uh, that happens to be one of them. So that's a pick. All right. All right. Well, you've inspired me. I've got a pick. I usually haven't had a pick in a while, but I got a pick. And it's, uh, I watched, my wife and I watched Expedition Unknown. Uh, it's kind of a fun show about archaeology and stuff like that. But anyways, been waiting for a new season episode to come out. And finally, next month, start of next month, it's going to come out. So that's my pick, Expedition Unknown. I think it's on the Discovery Channel, maybe, or, oh, uh, but uh, pretty cool. All right, Chris, you got a pick? Yeah. Um, so I just, you know, finished rereading his book, Algorithms to Live By. Um, the author is uh, Tom Griffith and Brian Christian. Um, this is a really great um, read about how algorithms can be used in the real life and how they apply to um, your, your, over, you know, your overall real life. And it kind of focuses more on the computer science fundamentals. So if you're interested in, you know, understanding about merge, you know, merge and sword and, and uh, what was the other one? It was like uh, the most optimal um, approach to looking for a parking space, 37%, you know? Yeah, it's, it goes into stuff like that. And uh, I, if, if more textbooks, more computer science textbooks wrote like that, I probably would talk more reviews about them like this. <laughs> that sounds really interesting. That would make a great uh, podcast or, or series or something to be talking about, like how engineers or developers think just on a regular basis. Like you said, like yeah, my parking spot or, you know, how am I picking out things in the grocery store and, yeah. and aisles efficiently? Like, yeah. are my research just socks. Like, that was when merge stores came into, like, using merge stores might be more optimal for sorting your socks. I'm like, really? And, they, and the, the writing is great, you know? Um, they, have, they have an audible as well. So, I don't know. Yeah. All right. All right, we'll get the link to that. We'll throw that in the, the show notes as well, the description of the thing. So. Okay. Awesome. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for sharing your time. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing this content. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. You too. Thanks you, Mike. That was a great episode. Thanks for jumping on, Chris. All right. 
All right. That's a wrap. Have a good one. See you everybody later. Hmm.